listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in today's animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analia Podcast. My name is Josh, and at the time of this recording, I'm with my lovely wife, Rebecca, and it's especially a special day because we're recording this on our four-year anniversary. Woohoo! Very exciting. Exactly. So today's been a pretty good day. We've, um, what have we done? I've mowed the grass, did some yard work, and I worked out, we've had lunch, you've colored, read some webtoons, <laughs> we've watched... Uh, a lot uh, of relaxing. Yeah, we watched a Disney Plus series called Behind the Attraction, which is really good. It was really um, interesting. Watched, I enjoyed it. Um, it was part of their Halloween collection, The Tower of Terror, so it was good to kind of get the history and the evolution of all that. Yeah, it's been a great day. I've enjoyed it. A lot of relaxing. And then tomorrow is when the kind of... Exciting things happen. Exactly. So uh, kind of a little background story to kind of one part of what's happening tomorrow is installing a ceiling fan is much more difficult than it looks. Well, it's not hard when you know for sure that the little box that's already installed in the ceiling is going to hold your fan. Right. So the (laughs) the, uh, location where we're putting this fan again i've already bought the fan and everything the way this was done is there was no way to tell if the junction box in the ceiling was ready for a fan until i pulled it out pulling it out you mean i pulled it out uh, you you (laughs) did getting it back in was another story yeah unfortunately uh, it didn't go so well yeah i've spent a max of maybe two hours trying to figure this out and i bought a new junction box i bought a new um, brace to go up between the joists there was already one in there but again i don't know that's going to hold that weight so i caved and called a professional they'll be here tomorrow at my request yes (laughs) i was like josh it's not gonna work we need to call a professional it we've hit the end of our rope of what we can do <laughs> it's important to know when that is though you know it is and again there's no shame in that uh, this uh, company that we're going to use guarantees their work for one year so we're you know we're hopeful that it's going to be a good job done and we're also going to be getting chick-fil-a chicken biscuits always a great thing Yummy. to get for breakfast uh once in a while we're going to be doing facials at a local salon that Becca scheduled. And then that evening, we're going to go to Perry's. Ooh, Perry's. Which is a nice, very upscale um, restaurant, which is about, it's in the next town over in Cold Springs or Franklin, um, if you're familiar with that. So we're very excited about that and just going to, you know, just enjoy each other and enjoy, you know, some good food. Yeah. But today we're going to enjoy some great conversation about the movie that we watched last night. Yes. So this is going to be a bit on the darker side um, of the out of the Supernatural series out of the two um, that we've reviewed and now the third one that we're reviewing. And we are I don't know. I, I would actually say that um, Corpse Bride was probably the darkest. I didn't necessarily think that Coraline was dark. It was definitely creepier, I'll say, for me personally. Coraline was? Yeah. Interesting. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of think that Quartz Bride was. Well, again, I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed Coraline a lot more than I did uh, Corpse Bride. Because there was, I think it's probably because there was a lot more um symbolism and yeah. interesting things to draw get, from yeah it gave it more more uh more substance i thought yeah 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 it had maybe, a lot maybe more that's substance. why maybe that's why i had my conclusion that i liked it more and that i thought it was a bit darker but anyway we're going to be talking about Coraline. <laughs> And we're back at it with our Supernatural series, and we're on our third movie with Coraline. This was directed by Henry Selleck, who also directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. This came out in 2009. It is rated 
PG, and you can currently find it on Amazon, Apple, where all movies and digital purchases can't be found. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Not to sound Anything like, a, want, like an advertisement, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coraline, there is, as we said previously, so much to draw upon and so much to pull from it. But before we get into all that, I'm going to go ahead and read a synopsis here. Just for those of you who may not be familiar with the movie or know what it's about. Like me. I had never seen it before. Yeah, it's your first time. A young girl walks through a secret door in her new home and discovers an alternate version of her life. On the surface, this parallel reality is eerily similar to is eerily similar to her real life, only much better. But when her adventure turns dangerous and her counterfeit parents try to keep her forever, Coraline must count on her resourcefulness, determination, and bravery to get back home and save her family. So again, so much to pull, for, to pull from because so much symbolism, again, right from the get-go. So we have Coraline and her family moving to this new, um, their new home, which is called the Pink Palace Apartments. Well, even before that, though, like... In the very, very, very start of the movie, we see that someone is making a doll, that they're taking an old doll and like taking all the stuffing out of it and undoing. And this is like while the beginning credits are going, basically, and um, then making a new doll and uh, completely new. And then send, and it looks just like Coraline. And then they're sending it out into the world. And we realize only at the end of the movie that it was um, the Bell Dam who was doing that, which is the other mother. Yes. And we'll kind of get uh, into that a little bit later. So the doll that the other mother makes is actually a way for her to see. Which, by the way, spoilers, spoilers yes. again, ahead, again. as always. <clears throat> yes, thank, thank you for that. Again, if you've listened for any amount of time, again, we're 18 episodes in. If you are going to be devastated by spoilers, well, there you go. There, there's the warning. <laughs> I thought it would be necessary because um, it's not necessarily something that... I mean, how can we really talk about it, though, if, but without giving spoilers? That's hard. Right. It's a review and an analysis, That's darn right. it. That's right. <laughs> So going back to the doll, the other mother makes this doll of Coraline, and it's her way to peer into her reality, Coraline's reality, and see kind of all that she sees and the relationships she has with these different people. I read something interesting online that said that suggested that the Bell Dam has some sort of uh, ability to see into the future because it looks like the the doll is brand new when she makes it and then sends it out into the world and but when Coraline gets it it's old and so well why why did, how did that happen um maybe she she can see into the future and who's going to be living in the house and who can she can have influence over that's a good point i didn't think about that well i mean if if the house has been there for 150 years there there had to have been more people living in the house than just what four families over 150 years so um i mean i'm guessing that she only targeted the ones who would be lonely and who the kids who didn't like their lives and there may have been other people who lived there but um but she didn't target those yeah only only the ones that she wanted for herself basically right right exactly uh, we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, get into the next scene, which was uh, which I kind of started on in the beginning. And that is Coraline basically using a dowsing rod to find a well or mm -hmm. water. And it's because her family is gardeners. And so she's trying to get, you know, the soil and find you know a well for water and oh, her family aren't gardeners they just write about gardening. oh yeah they're, they're right about gardening which ironic yeah it's <laughs> like it's like i hate dirt yeah but i like to write about it yeah very strange um oh also i would like to mention before we go any further like how fluid the animation is for stop yes, animation absolutely i i loved it it was amazing 
definitely a step up just because the technology has changed with it so much uh, for stop animation because it's definitely a step above you know not near before Christmas but again this is like well, yeah I mean even decade after yeah but even like Corpse Bride that came out when 2009 was that the same year as Coraline uh, Coraline was in was no, two, no, no, no. Coraline was 2009. I know that. The movie was. Right. Um, but. Course Fraud was two. It was, it was 07 or 08. I think it was 08. Oh, okay. Okay. So this well, is a I year mean, after. Yeah. Even just like a year or two after though. Like I, f- I feel like the shots were different. Like it was directed differently. It felt more fluid, and maybe that's well. Just it was by it was by um, a, a different, different director. director. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really like this director's style because you it moved more like a live action film rather than a claymation film or stop animation. Yeah, it was it was more fluid in that way, and I I really enjoyed that. It brought it to life for me more than than like corpse corpse bride was very stagnant. And this one was very dynamic. Yeah, I definitely noticed, again, kind of like you're going off of the fluidity of the animation and just the overall direction of it. Yeah, sorry. I won't interrupt you anymore. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, I'm not sure. I'll allow it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so getting back to a dowsing rod. Now, for those of you who don't know what a dowsing rod is, it is a it is basically dowsing. Going back to what dowsing is, it is the ability of seeking answers and interpreting them by using dowsing rods or a pendulum. Dowsing is widely used as um, as a simple but effective way of searching for anything from lost coins, water, and geophysical surveys to finding ghosts. Yeah, it reminds me. I. Okay, now it's been a long time since I've read Harry Potter or watched the movies, honestly. But I think they did something like this in Harry Potter um, where they had a map and you have like a stone on the end uh, of a string and you kind of swing the little pendulum thing around. Yeah, that's, that's goes, exactly what it, yeah, that's it, exactly what it is. Yeah, I, th- I think that was Harry Potter. I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, it's the, same, it's the same idea, except that Coraline... <laughs> decides to grab what a poisonous oak branch yes and, um, it, it basically to kind of give you imagery it kind of looks like a wishbone kind of yes yes she's holding the the two ends in each of her hands and then the like one end is sticking out i guess trying to point her to water yeah i don't know i don't understand how it's supposed to work i guess it's because it's supposed to be magic um but she's she gets pretty close i guess yeah, she yeah she does, and this is where we kind of get the frustration for her, where she meets this character named Wyvie, and <laughs> I had a couple of audio clips for that. She he basically doesn't make the grace for the greatest first impression. Yeah, not really. He like attacks her basically on his little motorcycle yeah, thing. Yeah, motorcycle or yeah, motorbike or oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really a motorcycle. It's more of a. A lot of people call her. No, Caroline. Either they're mishearing or they're like, oh, she can't say Caroline, so she says Coraline. <laughs> that would be so sad. Pity. So here's a little bit of that. Why be? Short for Wyborn. Not my idea, of course. What'd you get saddled with? I wasn't saddled with anything. It's Coraline. Uh, Caroline what? Coraline. Coraline Jones. Hmm. It's not real scientific, but I heard an ordinary name like Caroline can lead people to have ordinary expectations about a person. Yeah, so again, first of all, you kind of attacked her with your motorbike. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you're making fun of her name or Mm -hmm. whatever. It's like, ah, it's not very scientific, but I guess it's all right. You're, you're, You're ordinary. Yeah, right. But then she, but then she fights back. Calling you, Wyborn. What? Uh, I didn't hear anything. Oh, I definitely heard someone. Why were you born? Grandma. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they they Ooh, say you know uh, yeah oh gosh it's like yeah <laughs> why born why were you born oh that's shots fired <laughs> and 
Wythe, the alternative Wythe in the other world that Coraline discovers, definitely gets the short end of the stick. Poor guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, you feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. He because he can't talk. Right. Yeah. The other, other mother has yeah, sewn the, his mouth together. Shut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I feel you know you'd like him better if he talked less or not at all. Yeah, that was a little, a little creepy there. So. Wythe and Coraline are at this place. She's trying to find the well, which is like under this mud. And there's what's uh, basically a circle of mushrooms, which you refer to as a fairy circle. Yeah. Now, enlighten us. Um, what is a fairy circle? A fairy circle, uh, from my understanding anyway, I haven't done any research or anything. We were just, we were watching it. I was like, oh, a fairy circle. It's a circle of mushrooms. I Where did I hear that? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's in like fairy folklore of um, you go to meet fairies there and like weird things happen in the fairy circles. Uh, like if the girl falls asleep in a fairy circle, she'll be whisked away to the um, the other world, the fairy world, which I find really interesting that right off the bat, we're getting references to, to the fairy world essentially. Cause I mean, that's basically what the other mother creates is the fairy world if you will um there's other references to fairies fairy fairy folklore um too where even like the adder stone at the very end uh that that the two ladies downstairs they give her this stone that's got a hole in the middle of it called an adder stone and um sometimes sometimes it's called the the witch's stone or the hag stone or something like that and um it's a it's a real thing. It's you know right off the bat we're talking about witchcraft here, uh, with the what do you call it the little the bending thing or uh, the dowsing rod the dowsing rod and then the fairy circle and then that adder stone at the end. Um, it's all very interesting, which I would imagine we'll talk more about the adder stone later. But but yeah, so that's what I understand fairy circles to be. And just want to preface this. Again, bring that to a biblical stance. For those of you who don't know, and they come as a shock to you, <laughs> uh, the Bible is very much against, you know, sorcery, witchcraft, you know, like we mentioned briefly in um, last week's episode. Yeah. Although and, witchcraft honestly wasn't mentioned very much in Kiki's, incorrect. which is why we didn't spend a lot of time on it um but this Coraline definitely does have more witchcraft elements even the like reading of the tea leaves yes yes oh, that so, was interesting so a couple of verses i have here uh just to kind of yeah because definitely with the downstairs neighbors the two sisters that are actresses are they sisters or they're just friends maybe i don't know so this comes so one of the verses i have is exodus twenty two eighteen. You shall not permit a sorceress to live. Again, this was back in the time where, you know, sorcerers and soothsayers and what have you were to be put to death because it was an abomination and they were to be stoned. Then we have First Chronicles 10.13. This is kind of where you're trying to rely on other things aside from God. Again, like when the reading of the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in First Chronicles 10.13, it reads, So Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance. Yeah, <laughs> which was an interesting occurrence there in the Bible where he goes to a medium <laughs> or, or to a necromancy person who is a medium. Basically a psychic for those of you who may not be familiar with the terminology. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're all kind of the same. They're also a bit different. different. So mediums communicate with the dead. Same thing with necromancy. The mediums are practicing necromancy. But um, anyway, he goes to this medium and she's like, uh, you're the king and you killed everybody else like me. Why are you coming to me? Is this a trick? And uh, he's like, no, no, no. I just I just want answers. Um, and so she's like, okay. And oh, so, she, so now you want my help. Yeah, right. And uh, so he calls. He's like, I want to talk to Samuel, the prophet of God. And um, so he, they call forth Samuel in 
I put this in giant air quotes, Samuel, um, because we're not sure if it actually was Samuel. What's going on here? Was it a demon who was pretending to be Samuel? What? But basically, he's like, you know, (laughs) you know, a little bit of the genie came out. Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? (laughs) I'm not answering your stupid questions. So you're getting your three wishes. So sit down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, all right, Samuel. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was an interesting, interesting turn there. It's interesting that that Saul was trying to turn to basically, to me, the difference between uh, someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit of say prophecy in the sense that um, they're telling the future it's a forth telling and someone who is a fortune teller is where their information is coming from and is it coming from god from holy spirit living inside of you that is light and good and love and pure and coming at it from the perspective of wanting to help people there's there's a whole lot of things that are wrapped up in that but basically god is good god is love god is light and wants to draw itself everyone to himself um whereas the um power of darkness which is where uh fortune teller is operating from they are operating in communication with demons which is darkness and their whole game is to distract people from god and from truth and to bring them down, basically, I don't, there's better ways to say that, but um, to take them away from the light and bring destruction um, to, as the Bible say, says, and you know, as Christians, we quote often that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is the ultimate goal of at least the source of the fortune tellers, um, the demons and, and the like. They want to bring people down. And even if that means that means saying half-truths or that means getting people addicted to going to them for answers rather than seeking God themselves and looking at the Bible. So it's very dangerous to mix those, those lines. And the Bible's very clear, Old Testament and New Testament, very clear, <laughs> abundantly clear that there is one God and one way to him you cannot serve other gods and serve jesus and like i said that the bible makes that abundantly clear and so you can't walk away from that and by seeking other sources of truth it's not real truth the bible is our only source of truth that is the word of god that has been preserved for us kind of tying that uh, tying the end of that again just kind of repeating what you said but there is one god and one book that we can go to for answers, and to seek out mediums, psychics, uh, having palm read or tea leaves read, tarot cards. Again, that that's all very much on the other end of the spiritual spectrum. Right. Yeah, it is. And there are groups today, even Christian groups, that will try to say that um, it's okay and that we can just claim these things for Jesus and then... That means that everything's clean because <laughs> Bethel. <clears throat> as it, Josh, <laughs> way to name call there. <laughs> um, but there's other, you know, other organizations that will will try to say that. And it's just it's just not true. The Bible, again, is very clear, very clear about all of that. Well, kind of let's get on to the family, the, the characters themselves. Oh, yeah. So we have Coraline, again, very stubborn. Oh my goodness, so stubborn. How old is she supposed to be, by the way? She's I like want to say 12, 13 at the most. Yeah, that's probably true. But they're resourceful, however, in her she stubbornness. <laughs> but I feel that her parents are very much inattentive. They're very much wrapped up in their work. Oh my goodness. Because, again, you see her trying to, you know, get get them engaged into, you know, activities outside and gardening. And her mom's like, no, just... Um, um, had a lot of work to do and she goes you know to her dad and he's saying listen just just let me work oh my gosh i wrote down that quote actually where he was like just please let me work and it was like gosh man these these parents are emotionally detached 
from, I mean, you could definitely say they're emotionally AWOL. Like she doesn't have right. parents. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're absentee parents. Mm-hmm. We really see this because they, you know, if you're a parent, you can kind of relate to this. Your child is just, you know, hanging around and, you know, trying to get stuff done. You know, you send them on activity. So Coraline's dad says, Hey, how about this? How about you go around the house exploring, count how many windows and doors there are? Oh, gosh, yes. Counting all the blue things, because I guess her hair is blue, so that's why. (laughs) And then we get to the pivotal point, kind of 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes into the movie, where she discovers a door. And she discovers it because she... The doll has somehow wound up behind a chair or a couch or whatever. It's like behind wallpaper for some reason. Well, it's been walled off or sealed off. So she goes, Mom, 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 I found a door. You know, do I have a key? Uh, apparently there's just a drawer full of keys for some reason. Well, it's an old house. I mean, it's 150 years old, so they're going to have keys for everything. But they were able to find the one skeleton key. So they get that open. And the mom, again, still very much detached. She's like, okay, if I do this one thing for you, will you please oh my leave me alone? Yes. In no uncertain terms. And so they get it open. She's and, so mean about it, too. Yeah, and it's just basically bricked off. It's just a brick wall that's behind it. And Coraline, of course, is very disappointed. It's like, well, what about... It's like, you said one thing. That's and it. You wouldn't bother me anymore. anymore. It's like, jeez, Mom. Seriously. You need to get your emotional stuff together. <laughs> right. And so we get into the door again like at night time and so i hadn't seen the movie for quite some time so i didn't know it was kind of like a mind trick where it is a dream it's not a dream mm, yeah well Coraline couldn't figure it out either was it a dream was it not because she went to sleep in the other world in her in that bed but then she woke up and she was in the real world right so she goes through this tunnel where we first see you know this this world when i run the synopsis it's eerily similar to the reality that she's currently in but, but better yes yeah. it's better to her well even even um silly little things like the painting in the real world the little boy had a um ice cream in his ice cream cone and it was fallen to the ground and he was all sad but then when she got to the other world then his ice cream was still on his little cone and he was happy Everything's better here. Yes, and this is where we're introduced to our antagonist. You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have buttons. <laughs> Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. Other mother. That's that's a very interesting terminology. Mm, why so? Well, when you think of other mother, like you could, gosh, that kind of be, um, kind of be a low blow. Well, okay, so we we both come from divorced families. <laughs> Thought you were gonna go there. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is my mom, and this is my other mother. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, we have a little more nicer terms. Step stepmother. Which why? Why is that the term step? Because they step up. Step, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Wouldn't I've never thought about it before, but like, why? Why do we say step? Because they're one step away, I guess. Or do they step up as a parent? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. But yes, yes, you, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I know this. It doesn't seem like a very nice term. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, again, if you're from the divorce families, don't go around saying, and this is my other mother. Josh on the Anne Louie podcast, I could call you that. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be a term of endearment as well, though. Like you have mom one and mom two. And they're both competing for one. No, <laughs> they can both be who they are. Well, you're trying to be Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss over there, thing one and thing two. No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, well, uh, again, getting getting back on... Other mother and uh, other father. And other father. Now, the dynamic between the two... Well, okay, before we move on to other father, though, well, I guess and other mother and other father, both of them are, like, opposite of what her real parents are like. 
Yes. The other mother is uh, baking and cooking. And her and, and her real mother does not cook no, or bake or anything. Not at all. When we see them at the dinner table earlier in the movie, you know, her dad cooks and apparently Coraline is not a very big fan of dad's <laughs> cooking. And she says, Mom, why don't she ever cook? It's like, Coraline, we've been through this. I get the groceries and your father cooks. That's the way it's always done. Just because the way it's always been done that way doesn't mean it can't change. Or right, absolutely. That that's, a, that's a rule for all, for life in general. It's like one of the death sentences of a like an organization or a, or anything really. Well, it's just always been done that way. Well, if it's inefficient or not everyone's happy, then let's reassess. Change is progress. Change is difficult, but yes, progress it is. So other father. Yes, other father. The dynamic between the two you can see is different between other mother and other father. Other father seems a bit more lighthearted and fun, and he's done all the gardening outside and he has all these flowers that, you know, produces the face of Coraline, and it's magical and whimsical. But you can tell that there is an ulterior motive with other mother. Well, did you, so you you found some interesting information though on other father and that song that he sings. Yes. So the the other is titled the other father song, which I'll play it. And this is kind of like just making up the song about Coraline. And there's a double meaning behind the song that kind of get, and maybe pick up on it, you know, comment, let us know. Making up a song about Coraline. She's a peach, she's a doll, she's a pal of mine. She's as cute as a button in the eyes of everyone who ever laid their eyes on Coraline. When she comes around exploring mom and I will never ever make it boring, our eyes will And there you go. So we're going to go ahead and break down the lyrics a little bit. Uh, this is actually from a Reddit post, and I'll give credit to where credit is due. Uh, this comes from user r slash movie details. And this kind of gives us more of a foreshadowing of the, of the movie before we learn the real intentions of the other mother. Making up a song about Coraline. She's, she's a peach. So basically seen as food for the Beldam and or, you know, the other mother to eat. She's a doll, referencing the doll of Coraline used to spy on her. She's a pal of mine. Now this is where we get into kind of like the other father's character. Because throughout the film, he's shown as really wanting to protect her. Mm -hmm. To see, hey, you know, all is not what it seems. Yeah, it's like all of the puppets, though, that aren't other mother. Yes, so... Are trying to protect Coraline. Yes, so a good segue into that, because when Coraline is told by the other mother, hey, go get your other father, it's almost time for dinner. So he's in there playing the piano, and Coraline is like, hey, you don't play the piano. It's like, oh, I don't have to, the piano plays me. And he says it in such a fun, light way, but actually... He's a puppet of the other mother. Right. Which I, I kind of... I didn't really... I didn't catch on to that degree because it was so early on in the movie. Right, right. But looking back, it's like, oh my goodness, yes. It was like everything in that world is screaming, danger, 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 danger. And she can't see it. Um, and one of the reasons why she can't see it is because of the food actually it kind of goes back to the idea of the fairies and the fairy stories the um the legend says that if you eat the food of the fairies then you'll stay in the fairy world forever um this is coming out of like uh like scotland england that kind of area of the world in general but in the book mentions that and before we get into this before we get into the referencing of the book uh, again this uh, the movie is based off of book written by neil gaiman and he published this book called Coraline um in 2003 and then again years later i thought it was 2002 uh, oh 2002 sorry there was some that yeah so it was published in 2002 and then again became a movie several years later but we get into kind of more of it's explained more as, as, to, as all uh, books do as to why you know 
Coraline isn't catching on in the film as or us as the audience is understanding what Coraline's not catching on to this dangerous um, alternate reality. So if you'll go ahead and kind of tell us. Yeah. So like I was saying, one of the reasons um, actually has to do with the food. So the food, when she eats it, the book tells us that it makes her dizzy and it's hard for her to focus more. And so it's this idea that she's eating the food of the fairies and she doesn't recognize what's really going on. Um, and one of the reasons is the food, which is why a little bit later on in the film, she refuses the food. Um, she's like, no, no, really, I'm, I got to go to bed. Uh, you know, I'm not, not hungry. And why other mother also always has food. And one of the reasons why when she when Coraline first gets there, other mother is making food because she wants to keep her there. And we see it as we get a little bit more into the film that Coraline's not the first one to fall victim to other mother. No, she's not. Yeah, we end up finding um, throughout the movie that there were three little girls, I guess, or maybe one little boy and two One little boy and two girls. Yeah, I have a sound clip of that. And so we have the antagonist who is referred to as other mother but later she's referred to as the bell dam which we'll get bell into dam. kind of like an explanation of that in just a moment so i'll play the sound clip where this is the part where Coraline is thrusted into like the wall or a mirror or something yeah because well she's starting to catch on now that uh things are not as they seem everybody around her in the real world is saying hey you're in danger 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 um and she's like what are you talking about it's fine it's fine and even the cat i forget what the cat's name is but the cat um can talk in the other world and can go from one world to the other and um okay which also i wrote a little note that cat's head looks like a stink bug <laughs> it does right yeah <laughs> i was like oh my that. goodness yeah. um so so yeah so we've kind of moved on past the she's she's starting to see um no i do not want buttons for eyes no thank you so she gets put in timeout essentially and this is where she meets me i'll just refer to them as the ghost children don't remember our names but i remember my true mommy why are you all here the bell down she spied on our lives through the little doll's eyes and saw that we weren't happy. So she lured us away with treasures and treats and games to play. Gave all that we asked, yet we still wanted more. <sighs> Very eerie. Well, yeah, listening to just the audio like that, it is really eerie. <laughs> but in the movie, I don't know, it just kind of all made sense. Um... And, and I'm glad we got to finally learn a little bit more about this character. And I think it was just before Other Mother threw Coraline into the mirror place, she turned into her second form, right? Yeah, it was like this like, like spider type of... No, thing. the spider oh. was later. Her second form was just this tall old hag, basically. Okay, yes, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And so we, the, her, her, the illusion is starting to crumble. Other mother is becoming more, looking more like her true form. And then later, later in the in the film, she ends up with that spider form that you just mentioned, to where she truly is an old hag. Now let's go back to kind of what the ghost children said about the Bell Dam. And yes, very interesting. Again, I'm going to correlate this um, to Genesis here because the children say they saw that, you know, we were, she saw that we were unhappy and she gave us treats to eat and games to play and all that we ever wanted, but we still wanted more. Yeah. And so the next piece that um, you see in the movie is so we let her sew buttons into our eyes and this kind of goes back to Genesis, where we have Adam and Eve and the interaction with the serpent. So this is from Genesis 3.5, and this is Satan talking. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So again, it's that temptation 
Other than other is luring these children with treats and games and all this wonderful stuff, kind of like how Satan kind of lures us into these things that seem harmless on the surface, but can grow into very dangerous, like real deep down the rabbit hole, they can become addictions. So they come with a price saying, hey, you want more of this? All right, I'm going to sew the buttons on your eyes. I'm going to blind you to, you know, just how dangerous this is. I'm going to shackle you to these. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they go on to um, the little ghost to talk about that their eyes were taken and were hidden somewhere in the house. And that when their eyes are found, their souls will then be released. And it made me think of the verse in um, Matthew 6. Oh, it's Matthew 6, 22, where Jesus is talking. Um, and he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Um, but it was this, um, well, it was a, that was a whole thing in the first century, I guess, or at the time when Jesus was living. Um, a, Jew, a Jewish idiotism, I believe is what it's called, uh, where the, the eye is the lamp of the body. And it's how things get in, like what you see and you, what you hear influences you essentially. Um, but it's this idea that their eyes were taken so they couldn't see properly. Like Josh, you were saying about Genesis and where their eyes were opened once they ate the fruit, once they accepted the buttons sewn on their eyes, thinking that they would be happy and that would be better for them. How dark was their darkness um, in that case? Now, I know that's not exactly what Jesus was talking about when when he said those verses in Matthew 6. But, you know, in the very next verse, actually, after it talks about the eye as the lamp of the body, um, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And, um, you know, this, this goes not only for for wealth, but also uh, wanting a better life, you know, like Coraline is wanting that right. other life. You cannot survive in both worlds. You have to pick one. Either yeah. it's the other world or the real world. Yeah, and she ends up, you know, she's in the real world because, again, that's not a facade. Like, she has real parents who, you know, even though she can't see it, do have her best interest. And she has the real neighbors and has Wybie and Cat and uh, you know all all this whole crew of characters. Yeah, they're uh, the Russian man upstairs with the circus. The, the my circus, yeah. Yeah. And the actresses. Okay, let's go that to the actresses. Oh my goodness! Uh, I didn't. Re- I didn't. <laughs> I think I maybe just blocked out my memory when I first saw it, or I didn't remember it. So there is a scene where Coraline goes into the other world and she goes to visit the actresses downstairs now in the real world they're 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 past their prime they're they're not really actresses anymore they just go to the theater um for for entertainment in the other world their house they have a full big auditorium where all their dogs are multitudes and multitudes of just scottish dogs little scotties <laughs> I mean, they're cute, but a whole room full of them? Mm-mm. And why these there, again, his mouth is still shown, sewn together. And the first actress lady comes out, and she's just like a mermaid. And Coraline's like, man, she's practically naked. And I'm thinking, you haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yep. So the, the painting, the, because the second one basically comes out with barely anything on... And because it's a painting, what's the painting called that she's singing to or acting to? Uh, yeah, so um, the one one lady was in uh, reference to the painting by Botticelli uh, called The Birth of Venus. And she's, Venus is, was born out of the sea foam, and um, but in the painting she's standing in this shell and... Um, you can even see like the composition of the stage itself is the same composition as the painting. I saw that and I was like, oh, I know that painting. So yeah, 
thought that was interesting. But yeah, she's very um, well-endowed lady. Very top-heavy, you might say. Very and disproportionate. Like, and she's got... Am I afraid, afraid that the learned woman, please? Tiny little stickers. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll leave it to your imagination. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh! And then they do these tra- okay. this, this trapeze act... And where they like they unzip, unzip themselves and they're skinny. Yeah, so I guess like you know they're prying the what the where, where the what they once were. Pretty interesting. Mm, yes. Kind of creeped me out of it, but you know, just, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so listening to our recommendations for Coraline again, I think it's a good film. You know, especially around you know the town of October halloween and you know if you've just seen a obscure film to kind of watch i would give it a 6 out of 10 i i really enjoyed this film actually i would probably go i would say 7 or 8 people it's finally happened becca has given a higher rating than a me <laughs> she's done it it is surprising um yeah i i really enjoyed it cuz i really liked the complex story and all of the symbolism was like, oh, I get it. Yes. And again, there's a whole bunch more symbolism that we didn't touch on. Oh, yeah, but again, so much. we could be here forever doing that. So again, we just picked up um, several things. But again, if you want to see the movie for yourself, again, it's all... I would definitely uh, recommend. Yeah, you can get it on DVD, Blu-ray, again, digital services, Apple, um, Amazon, wherever you can you purchase your digital content from yeah we we ordered off of amazon because i got the uh the fire stick for the projector so i wanted to be able to watch all that which we are loving the projector um just being (laughs) able to go go upstairs to our bedroom turn it on and you know have their own little movie night yeah it's nice as like a treat you know not as like an every night kind of a thing but it's fun i like it and with that we will move on into what are we watching This is what we're watching this week. So not too much new this past week. We're kind of finishing things up. We've gotten to season six of the Boy Meets World. So kind of really excited to kind of relive some of those college moments and get into all that. And we are about three um three episodes away from the end of the saint's magic is an omnipotent yes it's a good show and we started something i don't know if we'll go if we'll kind of like pursue it but the duke of death and his maid um is a new one on is on funimation and the art style the art style is it takes yeah it takes a moment to get into um the content and the whole kind of plot line is interesting interesting. yeah we finished up season five of um my hero academia yes yes so we finally finished that so the last dub that came out was this past week Mm -hmm. so kind of get into i liked the ramp up of yeah of the villains and getting to know about them more like that was really interesting it was really interesting I, i enjoyed it yeah, it gave them a um, a different dimension. Like, they're, they're people, too. They have backstories. They have origin stories. What did that look like? How did they get to where they are? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I like it. What else are we watching? we got to pick back up on Manifest. Maybe we'll do that this weekend. Yeah, you know, we should when it's light outside. Yeah, no, 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 no dark, no, no nighttime for this one. <laughs> well, okay, I say that because it um particularly well i mean the last time we talked about it there were those three figures that the 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 dark shadowy figures um coming up that gave me nightmares man i couldn't go to sleep (laughs) i was like i don't like this um but i think it's because it's so real that it's scary you know like it's i don't know and one new thing that we've been watching the spirit of Halloween is we've been watching a new Disney. It's on Disney Channel, but it's been made available on Disney Plus. Is the Ghost and Molly McGee? It's cute. It is. It's very funny. Um, it's just basically that this precocious, very positive girl who. Well, it's very Disney. It's very Disney. over the top, positive rainbows and sprinkles girl. <laughs> over the top. 
And she basically develops a friendship with this ghost in the new house that her family moves into. And it has like original songs in each episode. They're pretty fun. So each episode is funded two parts. So there's two songs per episode. And it, it's really funny. And I want to play the uh, theme song for you because, again, it's very Disney-esque. It's the ghost and Molly Mickey. <laughs> So, again, very, very funny. We definitely recommend that you check it out. And, you know, who's really cursed in that situation? <laughs> Turns out it's a ghost. Whoops, surprise. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Again, join us next week. You'll be in for a little bit of the surprise. It'll be a different kind of episode. Again, we won't tell you why. You'll just have to tune in and find out. Well, and I promise too, like when you see the title of it and you're like, oh, what are they talking about? What is this? Um, you definitely want to listen. We're talking about a bit of a cult classic. Um, in the anime community, at in least. In the anime community. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's really good. Not to just like give away a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm excited to to have a conversation about it. Yeah, so it'll be very conversational. We this is basically kind of shooting the breeze um, is what we'll <laughs> be doing because just show, so many things to pull from it and just discussing our general thoughts on it, really. And so um, it, it, it's again, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> So if you would like to join in the conversation and comment on what you like, what you don't like, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Analia, Instagram at Analia Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or even be a guest on the show, you can send an email to contact at Analia.com. That's contact at A-N-I-L-U-J-A-H.com. You can also go to the podcast section of our website if you're interested in being a guest. Click on podcast and we'll have a button that says be a guest on our show and it'll have a form to you for you to fill out. And if we think you might be a good fit, we'll get back with you. But again, join us next week for another episode of Analia and the final installment of our Supernatural series. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to check us out online at analuya.com. There you'll find our weekly blog and a list of all our podcast episodes. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Join us next time on the Analuya podcast. <laughs>